following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, September 3rd, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 16. It is the official Damon Hodge show here on The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we're ready to go today, man. It's, uh, what, five days before the, Cow- the Cowboys kick off the season? Five, six days before six. the Cowboys? Six days before the Cowboys kick off their season. And, uh, Are we going to do this every ready. time? We can do this like like whatever. You're supposed to be show 16. And you yeah, it's going to be our new bit. Like I'm just going to ask you your favorite cowboy of that number or 16. random guy from that number, and we'll just make it their show. I mean, so this is the Damon Hodge show. Let I, that be a Nick thing because I, <laughs> oh, yeah, I got like eight years to his yeah, but, 40. But when, yeah. you think, when you think 16, what do you think? For the Cowboys? Yeah. Uh, Reggie Davis. Like oh, no, wow. <laughs> Nobody important has worn 16 in the time that I've been here. Yeah. I mean, Reggie Davis. Wow. Steve, Steve Pelluer. Oh, Jesse, did Je- Jesse Moore 16. Sorry, Sorry Jesse. It should Y'all be both the Jesse fail. Holly. I failed the test. I fail. Sorry, Jess. You just threw out. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, I didn't cover Jesse, by the way. I That's okay. Here. You I just did. work with him. And now. I He's actually teammate. covered him yeah. in the last month a lot. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But you, you just, you just said random 16, and so I went with Damon Hodge. You want to tell us who Damon Hodge is? He was a receiver in the 2000 season. He, I think his career, he probably caught four passes his whole career. Huh. Well, at least four in one game against the Giants, and I remember him. He's a he's a cool guy, but I remember him. He caught four passes in a game, and he said, "You know, I think I think I'm, I need to start talking to him about a new contract." And I was like, I don't know about that." <laughs> and you know, fast forward two or three years, and I saw him in uh, playing for the Indiana Firebirds in the Arena League. Uh, but a uh, good player got a new contract. Yeah, he did get a new contract. Yeah. It's not that Ryan Leaf would be a sixteen. You could throw in there. Sure, why not? But Jesse Holly. Yeah, we should have used Jesse. That would be a good one. Coming off doing him. his documentary last yeah. night, that would probably be. I texted the right him answer. and I said, "Hey Jesse, I've heard something about a documentary that you're in. Have you? Do you know about this?" He's only <laughs> tweeted out to every person he knows. Yeah. So he's hey, excited. He's a self promoter for sure, and he and he should. It was a great story. It was and really he, a great and he story. He did he did a great job telling it to us. Absolutely. All right. What, what we're gonna do here is uh, we're gonna in the second segment actually we're gonna have Bucky Brooks join us. He's gonna give us his breakdown of Cowboys offense versus the Buccaneers defense. But before we get to that. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about some injury uh, updates. Uh, Coach McCarthy had his press conference. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I want to start first with the injuries. Lyle Collins being the biggest one. He is not practicing, still not practicing. Why are you looking at me like that? not? Okay, I thought it was something I did wrong. No, um, <laughs> he's not practicing because of stingers. Um, first of all, tell me, what is the expectation at this point with regard to him playing? Is this something that fans should be concerned about, yes. or is this just kind of one of those things where, yes. no, we're just holding him no. back just sh- to be cautious? You should be concerned. Okay, He's in a holding pattern. That was, those mm-hmm. are Mike McCarthy's words. Which he might play. He might play. It's a week away. They don't get into the, the meat and potatoes starts Sunday, which is their Wednesday. So they have time, but you should be worried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're less than a week away from the game, and he's not 100%. It's not what you want. 
And yeah. it, it is what it is. Yeah. And then and then when you asked about the backup position, he or you know the swing tackle, he threw out two names out there. Like he's yeah. not convinced that Ty Insecki's going to be the guy. He said him and uh, Terrence Steele will both work over there. Which I mean, pick one. <laughs> like let let one guy work and get all the snaps while we have to rotate for the backup spot. So I don't know. I flip a coin between those two. I mean, I guess I, I would feel more comfortable, I think, with Inseki because he's played more, but more athletic. I think I'd feel more comfortable with Steel. Well, tails. Which I'll take tails. <laughs> right. I'll take heads. Comfortable is a relative term, yeah. I should yeah. say. I mean, right. Which. I, and I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Like I said, it, it's a long way till Thursday night. And we, we, if you've followed pro football for any stretch of time, you should know how this goes. Even he could sit out Sunday and even Monday. and But then if you see him get out there Tuesday and start doing some work, that typically is a sign, especially you know for a guy of his status. You know This is his seventh year in the league. Uh, I'm not writing him off at all, but yeah, you should absolutely be concerned about his health. Okay, so I'm going to change that question. How concerned are you guys with the entire situation with his stingers and with the potential that one of those other two guys could start if he can't play? I'm concerned. The last game I saw that Tampa played, that was a meaningful game. They went against some uh, backup linemen in the Super Bowl mm. and had their, their way with them and uh, made the best quarterback in the NFL uh, run for his life. I just thought about something that's funny. Uh, I want to throw it in. Marcus Spears this morning, he was talking about another game, but he talked about them being beat to sleep. And that's what came to my mind when you said what happened in that Super Bowl. They got beat to sleep, basically. The Chiefs didn't score a touchdown in that game, did they? Mm. It was 31 to 9. Yeah. I think it was three field goals. I, mm. Pat Mahomes, it wasn't what you used to seeing from Kansas City. Pat offense. Mahomes was on the run all night. I mean, they murdered him. Yeah. And yeah, that. Shaquille, Shaquille Barrett, and uh, He's I'm looking, looking at the damn roster <laughs> right now. Obviously, sleep. JPP. He's sweet over here. That's yeah. I I don't. I mean, we we've seen what these guys can do, and it's not inspiring. Talking about the Cowboys tackles, um, I don't know. Well, I don't know any other yeah. way to say it. That should concern you for sure. This well, team's gonna have to run the football. I mean, they yeah. they have to, and we we will say that every game. But I mean. In this particular game, they they have to figure out a way to get them off the ball, get those defensive linemen off the ball, and, and push them back. And and you know it, it's concerning. I mean, you got a center that's only started four or five games. Uh, Connor Williams is still on the COVID list, getting close to coming back. If it's not him, it'll be McGovern. And then you don't know what's happening at the right tackle. I mean, you know, Tyron said he was feeling great, and Zach's going to come back and all that. But this offensive line. It feels kind of patched together right now. Yeah, the uh, the it, it brings up a question, and Dave, you and I mentioned this yesterday uh, as we were having this conversation about the offensive line. Are you at this point, and Dave, I know you were you were on the same page with me on draft day. I think on draft day we both were hoping that at that point the Cowboys would go with uh, Rashawn Slater as their first round pick. Do you still hold that opinion, and is it even more that opinion now? Because I think I flipped because I think they may have found a stud in Parsons. But do you still hold that same opinion that you think that it would have been a better option to give yourself a better offensive lineman, not only for now but for the future? Uh, I mean, I'm not ready to change my opinion. Micah hasn't played a game yet. So, yeah, I guess if you're asking me, 
I still would have done that. But I, f- I feel a lot better about the way it played out having had a chance to see Micah. I'm not just over here like, oh, my God, they're so stupid. How could they, you know, well, this is what happens. They've got this bum linebacker and they didn't draft Slater. Like, I don't feel that way. You know, my, like Micah's exciting. It looks like it's going to be a good pick. But that was a concern. And I think, you know, Rashawn Slater, I think the Chargers are really excited what he's done in training camp, too. And, I mean, this is this is why that was a conversation. Is and you're like, how long can the tackles hold up? And we don't know yet. You know, maybe Lyle plays all 17 games, but we're already worried about this, and they haven't played one yet. And mm-hmm. so it just it throws it back into the spotlight of well, you had the opportunity to address this, and you didn't want to. Doesn't necessarily make it a mistake, but it is something that's been on my mind since. How, Lyle how would first it have played out? You know, based off of exactly what Lyle was able to do. How do you think this plays out if he's on if he's your first round pick? For me, I look at it as you would have had a guy that is now immediately you wouldn't be trying to figure out who's going to take that snap if if yeah, Lyle's yeah, yeah. not going to be there. But but I think the the beautiful part is even if Slater didn't start this year, the way I would look at it and the reason why I wanted them to take Slater back on draft day is because I I thought the amount of time that you have left with both Tyron and Lyle is probably limited. And not only that, but Slater had some position flex. So maybe he's your starting guard up until the point where one of those guys is no longer ready to play. That's what I'm asking. Either way, he's going to play at some point, and he definitely gives you what you need for the future because I'm not betting on both those tackles being available to me for a long period of time into the future. I would have plugged him in at left guard and worked him at right tackle as I could, you know, second team right tackle, get him some snaps in preseason games. Same thing they did with Connor Williams. That's a lot to put on a rookie's plate, but they've got Micah playing every damn position too. Yeah, he so, could have done left guard. So just and 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 trade Connor Con- or trade one of the Connors or try to and or put him full time at center. And just or well, I was going to say, right? I would have there. all summer. You know, the two yeah, all summer. Right? The two Connors would have been my utility guys. They would have worked everywhere on the interior. Maybe try to trade one of them for something if you can. And Slater's my left guard slash break glass yeah. in case of emergency right tackle. Right, but but or, I, or left tackle yeah. for that matter. And I think that that sounds great. But uh, also, you know, I th- I think the the excitement that you're seeing on defense mm-hmm. and just the optimism is is kind of a lot of it stems from that with Parsons. So you you know you get one first round pick. I don't think they could go wrong um, with either one of those two guys. But I I, I just feel like. I feel like Parsons has a chance to re- elevate the defense even more. Which is what I want to be clear. Like I'm not, I'm not ready to kill him for picking him. I mean, if he plays the way that he has looked so far, it's going to be a home run pick. And you can't address your entire team with right. one first round pick. So I get that, but it's just, it's kind of ironic. Like this was the debate. This is the like, reason. Yeah. This is why we yeah. talked about it all spring, and it didn't take any time at all for it to come back up. True. So let me ask you this question. And I, this, yesterday, uh, the media had an opportunity to talk to Tyron Smith. I thought some of the things he said were interesting. He says, it's been a while since I felt this good. Uh, I'm going to do my best to play all 17 games, and I will do it. I've learned over the years that that's one of the guys on this team is that when he says something, I tend to trust it because I think he's just, you know, he's just one of those guys. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a tough guy, and I think he's going to be able to play for a good part of the year, if not all games this season. That being said, let's assume for a second you've got him and you've got Zach that both can stay healthy for the majority, if not all, of the season. With the questions that you have right now at center, at guard, left guard, at maybe at right tackle – 
Is it enough if you've got those two guys playing at their typical all-pro level that this offense can still be elite if they've got question marks at those other spots? No. <laughs> really? It's not enough. No, I mean, 2015, they were 4-12, and 12 and they had three pro bowlers on the offensive line. So I don't think it's just enough to have those three or two guys. Um, they help because they left tackle, right guard. They're going to help the guys around them. They certainly help. I, I mean, I'd rather have them, but is it enough? I don't think it's enough. I don't think Tyron can make Terrence Steele block better at the right tackle. You know, Let me throw a caveat. I think it's an, it should be enough if Dak's healthy. If da- if like because yeah. why did they suck in fifteen? They didn't have a quarterback. Right, like right. that's not the offensive. Well, well, maybe it is the offensive line's fault. But <laughs> maybe that's the reason why the quarterback wasn't there. Uh, right, right. No, but <laughs> they sucked in fifteen because they didn't have a quarterback. Right. If yeah, the quarterback's true. healthy and they've got Tyron and Zach, and it's not enough. And all those weapons. Why, yeah, yeah, why yeah. are we paying all these people no. for I mean, you're it? Right. You're enough. right. The quarterback certainly helps because we saw in the Atlanta game they could put up 40 points and they didn't have Tyron. They didn't have Lyell in that yep. game. And and Dak, you know, he he got pressured a lot. And he he's gonna. I mean, he's not gonna have fun if if that's what his offensive line looks like this year. But I think it's enough if if those two. I mean, if those two are there and he's healthy and the receivers are all there. Yeah, I still think this can be a really good offense, even if they've got to make it work with Inseki yeah. or Steele or whoever. I, the thing about Dak, and I don't know if this is kind of where we're headed, but we saw it in the Seattle game last year. We saw it in the Rams game. You know, they didn't win those games. Even even Cleveland. I mean, Dak is going. I Dak's not going to get blown out. I mean, it'll it might happen this year or whatever, and maybe this week. I don't know. He's just such a fighter. The way he plays. You know, we've said this before. He is a he may not be the top five quarterback in the league. I think he's a top five football player that plays quarterback, though. And I think that's what helps him and helps this team kind of grind its way back into it. And I think we've seen it so many times. That's why if he stays healthy, this team has a chance to really do big things. Yeah. It the the interesting part to that, and I'm I'm not disagreeing with your point, but I think some people might look at that and say, well, last year he was having historic. He was putting up historic numbers and and playing at a historic level, and they still didn't have sure. the record to and match. I, and I and that's that. the part that's going to be tough here is the quarterback can play really really great, and if they're turning over the ball at this amazing clip like they were doing last year, if their defense can't stop anybody like they were doing last like like last year, then I think it's still going to be hard to make that all show up in the win-loss record. They're going to need one of those things not to happen. I mean, right? the turnover differential just can't happen. Right. And some of that's on deck to be like, we all love Dak, but he had a hand in that as well. He had three or four turnovers. And I don't even count, like, you know, the Hail Mary interception at the end of the Seattle game. I mean, you got to throw you got to throw for the end zone there. Like That was an amazing play by him. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> just I, just when the, he broke free of that sack, I was like, this is it. This is it. this, this is a touchdown for sure. Yeah. I don't fault him for that. I do fault him for fumbling against Atlanta and stuff like I mean, especially early in these games. I hate I hate when people ask me about the slow starts because I don't have an answer for it. Yeah. You know, like I – how do you just how do you make them play better in the first quarter? I don't know. Eat, change up what you eat before the game. I don't have an answer to that, but it does have to change. They, they just 
you can't be down by two possessions going into the second quarter of a game on a regular basis and expect to win. It changes everything you're doing offensively, probably. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I felt like for the first six weeks of last season, Mike had to get up there after the game and be like, "I've never seen anything like that before." Like we, you know, you're just completely changing the way you want to play based on what happened in the first ten minutes of the game. You yeah. can't, you can't have that happen as often as they did. Real quick before we go to our first break, uh, can we get some updates on the other guys on the injury list, Donovan? Wilson, Connor Williams, uh, and Noah Brown, who's on the COVID list at this point. Connor and Noah still, I mean, that's that's NFL protocol. That's You're just waiting on that. Now, he did, just to be clear, the coach did say that that uh, Connor Williams is going to be working back today, which makes me think yeah, okay. it, I, in order for him to work yeah, yeah. back, he's got to be moved off yeah. the COVID oh, list. If he's, yeah, right. if he's working back, then he's... So, that's great news, because yeah. Connor wasn't on there as long as some of these other guys, which I that's right. sounds... So, whatever he was dealing with, it was mild, or yeah. maybe he... I don't know, whatever. But if he's back that quickly, that's great. Donovan's not going to do anything today, which, again, I mean, that's another one that gives me pause um, just because the game's less than a week away. So, you know, we're not quite in that mode yet. When did Donovan get hurt? um, It was a practice thing. practice groin. Yeah, it was a groin strain like in the early part of practice. Yep. So we're not into the game week practices yet. Like this is this is the NFL bonus practice. These are bye week practices. Yeah. So not ready to say that he's out for the game, but it's less than a week away. So fortunately, I <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this. I feel better about the depth at safety <laughs> than I do at right tackle right now. Like if if Malik No, I'm just I mean, if Malik Hooker and J. Ron Curse have to play I mean, I don't feel good about it, especially going against this passing attack. Casey. But yeah. Casey. Well, I assume Casey's going to play regardless. Yeah. I'm just saying, filling those, in, those filling in for Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, Darian Thompson's going to be back. He's on the practice squad now. You know, the way the rules are, you're going to elevate guys like the mm-hmm. day before the game. Expect Darian Thompson and uh, probably Jeremy Sprinkle to be elevated for the day for the game. Yeah, I want to. I want to be clear. I'm not. That is concerning, but I feel better about the options they have to replace a hurt guy at safety than tackle right now. Yeah, I think we all agree with regards to the safety position. It's, you know, they don't have players that are at the top. Like, you're not going to say these safeties are some of the best safeties in the league, but if you look across the board, I think you've got a good level for all of them, right? And you got some depth at that level, right? I like, I think they have three that I feel comfortable playing a lot Donovan, Malik, and Casey. Like, Jaron Curse, I think, has an interesting role here, mm-hmm. and Darian Thompson as well. If those guys have to play safety for sixty snaps, you might have a bad time. I'm not ready to just throw I guess that way, out there. I guess the way I look at that is, I think that level of your depth chart is about where you were last year with your starters. Yeah. Like it's that's, so. So to me, that's good. If that's your, if that's your look, if 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 your starter was your third or fourth guy here last year, then I think you probably felt pretty good about your safety position, but much better than you felt about your safety, safety position in a long time. So from that standpoint, I do like the depth, and I think they have some talent. Again, they're not at the top of the league. They're not anywhere near the top of the league, but I think they got some guys that can play. Yeah. We're I mean, it's yeah it's better than it, now. it's better than it's been but it's For not now. great. Let's see how it goes in Tampa. And as you and I said yesterday, we're not going to make any any sweeping judgments about this team after week one either because they might look really bad in week one and then maybe look much better by week two and three just because of the uh, the opponent you're playing. All right, we're going to go to our first break. When we come back, uh, we'll get uh, Bucky Brooks on. He'll tell us a little bit about this Tampa Bay defense that the Cowboys will have to face on Thursday night. Till we'll be uh, right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. 
Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Check out the new Miller Lighthouse located on the west side of the AT&T Stadium where Dallas Cowboys game day traditions are born. Enjoy $5 12-ounce beers, yard games, Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders performances, and more. For more information, visit attstadium.com slash Miller Lighthouse. Miller Lighthouse, your tailgate just got jealous. Absolutely. Make sure you check that out. That's actually a really cool new spot they got out at AT&T Stadium. So if you're going to be out at the stadium, make sure you check it out. Um, also, watch party out there for the Tampa game. Watch party out there for the t- Tampa game. If you're not going to Tampa, then you're going to be in the Dallas area. Go to AT&T Stadium. They will have a big party out there to watch the game with other Cowboys fans and uh, enjoy the sights and sounds. So should be fun. All right, we're going to jump in. We've got Bucky Brooks from NFL Network joining us. Bucky, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Good, good. Let's jump right in. And uh, we're talking today about the Tampa Bay defense versus the Cowboys offense. Um, they were, across the board, one of the best defenses in the league last year, uh, if you look at all their different statistics. Um, my first question for you is, did they lose any players that could possibly have created some holes for them? Or are there areas that you saw last year where if you were really good, maybe you could exploit that defense, even though they seem to be pretty good in, in most areas? Yeah, no, they're a really good team, and they have a really good scheme and a defensive coordinator that understands how to use pressure to his advantage. Ty Bowles does a great job of scheming it up where he has five- and six-man pressures that really throw off the rhythm of the offense. But he also has a deep bag that enables him to use zones and man-to-man depending on who he's matching up with and what the threats are on offense. And so if I would – say, like as a Cowboys 
fan or a Cowboys consultant, I would say the best way that you can attack them is to try and find a way to work the corners, to try and throw to isolated routes and see if you can get CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup unlocked because this is, I mean, Amari Cooper too, but this is going to be a challenge because up front, they're good. They're as good as anybody you'll see. And the linebacker that they have, Devin White, is a stud. And so it's just going to be problematic to be able to run consistently on them and also protect against a team that has four dudes that can hunt at the line of scrimmage. Which, going off that, Bucky, we, you know, we spent the first segment talking about the fact that Lyle Collins might not be available for this game. We know JPP and Shaquille Barrett are good, but what is it specifically like? How, how do they rush? What are their strengths? Like, are they, are they just strong? Are they quick? Like, and I'm asking, obviously, to see who better to play at right tackle if not Lyle. Like, you know, how do you want to try to defend against these guys? Well, Shaq Barrett is all energy. Um, he's first-step quickness, burst. He has finesse ability where he can win inside or outside in terms of the moves that he uses. JPP is a crafty veteran who is long. He has the ability to use his arms, and he uses that length to his advantage. He'll use push-pull moves, button-jerk maneuvers to get to the backfield. And so it's tough. I think the thing that compounds it is, Todd Bowles will send pressure to force you to go one-on-one against those guys. And what they're going to do is they're going to say, I'm going to create one-on-one matches for my guys, and my guys are better than your guys, and at some point the pocket is going to collapse because of it. So, Buck, you say they also have to run the ball. And you you were out of training camp, so you've seen as much of Zeke Elliott as anyone else has since he hasn't played any games. I mean, how, how can you tell or, or can you tell that he is going to have a better season based off of maybe how he practiced, how he looks? I mean, he looks good. He was in great shape when I saw him. I mean, he was slim and fit. The quickness was there. Everything was there. He looked like he was very focused. And certainly he's a prideful player because he heard all the whispers. He heard people saying, oh, well, maybe Tony Pollard is a better player than him and all this other stuff. So he is going to play well, but he can only do so much. They have to win at the line of scrimmage. And the issues that you guys were talking about in the first segment, those are the issues that could prevent the Cowboys from running the ball well. Who is in the starting five? How well are they going to play against and Dominican Sue and uh, Vita Vea and Jason Pierre-Paul and Zach Barrett? That's really the issue. It's not about 21. It's the five dudes in front of them. Can they win their battles to allow him to have enough space to do what he does? Looking at uh, following up on that question, I think obviously every week there's going to be a you know line one. Dallas needs to establish the run, but when you look at this offense, they got a lot of weapons at the wide receiver position. They got obviously uh, what I consider to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. That being said, which one do you think is the greater strengths for this team? The their run offense or their pass offense? Well, I mean, on paper, the pass offense is the strength. However, you don't want to get seduced into having these games where Dak Prescott is throwing it 40 to 50 times. The Cowboys are built to be a complimentary football team, meaning they run the ball, they control the clock, uh, and that protects the defense. That has been the recipe that has been successful for them, regardless of who the running back was. It was like that 2014 with DeMarco Mm -hmm. Murray. It was like that early with Ezekiel Elliott, 2016, 2018. That is how they win. So the strengths may be in the passing game and the personnel, but they can't stray too far from the running game because then it plays into the hands of 
the Buccaneers and other teams that have a talented front four and the ability to create pressure in the pocket. Bucky, I, I'm obviously very familiar with Devin White's game, given where he played college football. <laughs> but the funny thing is, you know, at LSU, he was he was pretty strictly an off-ball linebacker. But the thing that I can't get over with his season last year is that he had nine sacks. Uh, and that's, you know, I look at him and I look at where the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons. I would love for him to be able to make an impact like that. Is that... I mean, is that just a testament to Todd Bowles and how much he brings pressure, or is, is there more to it in his game that I didn't realize? Yeah, I think it was a little – I mean, it's both of them. It's a little bit of Todd Bowles making sure that he maximizes what Devin White brings to the table. When you see an athlete like White who is big, fast, and physical and showed traits of being able to get home as a blitzer, you have to maximize that. Michael Parsons has similar traits. And I heard the argument you guys had in the first segment about the offensive line versus Michael Parsons. I am going to tell you that Michael Parsons can make an impact that maybe even exceeds what a left tackle could have done for that offense. He is a disruptive player. And depending on how Dan Quinn utilizes him, he could give the Cowboys defense a major boost, something that they haven't had in a long time. Well, since Oso Diggy Zua already threw some bulletin board material out there, we don't have to worry about the, you know anything you say. But I will ask you a question from last year's uh, meetings with you. Where's Waldo on Tampa Bay? How, how, how do they? Who, Waldo's back. Who do they find? Who, who? I mean, it sounds like it's just like all these guys are going to Canton when they're done playing. So like, when who's who's the guy you have to exploit? It's really a tough one because they're <laughs> everywhere and they may be even better this time around because they're really comfortable in the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the way that you have to do it is uh, I think they say it is uh, the reindeer can't fly without Rudolph. I think you got to find a way to disrupt the rhythm of Tom Brady. And so the best way to attack Tom Brady is right up the middle because he's not mobile and he doesn't like pressure in his face. And a quarterback of that age doesn't want to get hit. The problem is, how do you do it and how do you not tip your hand when you want to do it? Because if he sees that pressure is coming, typically he wants to empty out the formation, identify who's coming, and then kind of pick on your weak link. Mm -hmm. So Dan Quinn has to be creative with how they want to attack number 12 because if he gets a bead on how the Cowboys are coming after him, it won't take long for him to figure it out and exploit it. All right, so uh, with all that being said, tell us what you think is going to happen next Thursday. Hey, look, man, this is going to be a tough one for the Cowboys. With the offensive line struggling, all the things tipped towards the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being able to win this. And also the X factor for the Buccaneers are all Antonio Brown. We have not talked about him. He kind of gets lost in the sauce. He's had a procedure to get his knee right, and people said that he looked great in training camp. The best course of action for the Cowboys is to find a way to run it. They have to control the time of possession 32 or more minutes. I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. It's going to be a tough time for the Cowboys. All right, Bucky, man, we appreciate you. We'll be back uh, next week. We'll have you on. Actually, it won't be until the following week that we'll have you on uh, heading into our second game against the Chargers. Uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on the show. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we've got a few more things we're going to wrap up here before we end the show. Uh, we'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. 
Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run Package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands or maybe in the press box uh, with I added that. With Essler lenses, <laughs> you'll see every exciting play, book an appointment at your local Essler experts, and find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more. Do more, Essler. So do we need to get Essler for this uh, for Thursday? Because all three of us will be seated in the press box in Tampa Bay watching the game, which is not something we take for granted. Like That's something no, that, that, uh, that we very no, much no. appreciate it's, it's in the day of that, COVID, that, yeah, it's something that, that we will be hurt. sitting in the stadium in the press box watching that game in person. First Road game I will have done in a year and a half. I'm not, not counting preseason. Not one of my favorite press boxes, but I'll be happy. I to will be, be happy there. to be there. No, yeah, no. This is we're still in the no complaining ever mode. Right, right. right. Oh, no yeah. matter what the situation yeah. is, we do It'll not be, complain. Yeah. So if we're there, we're like, God, those big. You know, they got those like dividers. Yeah. Dividers. Yeah. That, you know, you're just like. Hey, you're like we oh, haven't hey, been to cool. Tampa since the uh, Jeff Heath. Uh, just oh, one of the worst games of all time. Two, was that the was he had it two rainy? interceptions in the game? No, it wasn't raining. Well, two inter- well, it might have rained in Tampa. Probably rained every day. Every day. Two but. interceptions, but he had the defensive holding penalty that gave them like the final shot at the winning touchdown. Was that the one where Brian and I were just salty on, yeah. at the end of the game? Yeah, because they were. <laughs> I mean, that dropped them to one and five, and yeah, Nick was just like, "Well, they lost to the Bucks." What? I mean, I don't need to say anything besides yeah, that. We did we on did camera. That, we did huh? that post game hit. <laughs> on and camera. It was yeah. just no, like, I was like, on camera, like yeah. literally. Yes, this was on camera. It was. Yeah, Brian and I both were just like this. And we're hot down there, you know, sweaty. And and that was when. Because we spent like a month of that season, like if they can just hold on, if they can just win a couple games while Tony's hurt, it'll all be okay. I think that was the game where everybody was like, "It ain't gonna yeah, be okay." Yeah, wrap it up. Let's just get through yeah, the season. It ain't point. gonna happen. Yeah, Jameis was. It wasn't his rookie year, was it? Yeah, 
Was it his yeah. rookie year? That was also 2015. He was bad too, but no, like he didn't he play scored, well. But Nobody then he scores a touchdown. To to, I'm, to have an NFL game finish ten to six. I mean that's yeah. pathetic. That's the score of like a Purdue Northwestern game at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Not the NFL. There was, and I, if I remember that Des was playing, and and a former Cowboy, I think, like locked him up. At some Tyler point, Patman, maybe. maybe it was Patman. Yeah, I mean, they they Patman? Des had a chance to potentially Patman? win the game on the last play, and he, they, they could. Seems like Moore, there was a time when Sterling one Moore, of them maybe. played him and played him really well. I can't remember. Which one. It might have been Sterling. Might have been Sterling Moore. Yeah, yeah. it might have been. This is the most anticipated season opener in a decade, and we're giving the people what they want, which is <laughs> ten minutes about the, one of the worst games in recent memory. <laughs> but I, I do remember when we went down there in two thousand nine, and it was the first, it was the opening game of the season as well. And I think Romo was mic'd up for NFL Films that game, and I mean, there's a lot of great, great stuff in there. But that was that was a good that was a good game there. They they won that one, but uh, I think Tampa's going to be better this time around. Yeah, I think they're like going to be a little better. Sterling Just Moore was on bit. that team. Was he the way. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he be a is. Uh, all right, we're, we will finish talking about stupid stuff from 2015. But he works for the Saints now. He's a uh, intern. Somebody took a picture. Of them practicing at AT and T on Twitter, and I was like, "That's Sterling Moore Sterling in the Moore. background of that." And she's a coach. That's awesome. That's a coaching good. intern, I think. But okay. yeah. Anyway, um, real quick, I wanted to uh, also get into a little conversation on Coach McCarthy's press conference. Um, one thing he said that kind of stood out to me: he was asked about Hard Knocks now being gone. And for those that don't know, Hard Knocks wrapped up their uh, their filming yesterday. They'll have their final episode of this season uh, on next Tuesday. Uh, but the the quote that came from him that I thought was interesting, he said, now I can be a little more genuine with my team. Um, and it made me think, like, yeah, that's probably the most honest I've ever heard anybody talk about their experiences with Hard Knocks. Because I do think, if you're being honest, it has to change what you say and what you do because you know the cameras are always rolling. And although, as a team, you do have some ability to say what you want on the air and what you don't, you still don't necessarily want everything out yeah. there, right, and available for other people to see. How much do you think Hard Knocks affects what they're able to do in the preseason? I mean, Mike has been diplomatic and kind of funny about the whole thing, but he has made it abundantly clear how much he hated that they were here. Right. Yeah. If you pay attention and kind of read between the lines, like, he wasn't happy. And he said that out of camp. He was like, yeah, you know, we're not – we're not really being our authentic selves. We, you know, you know that's in the back of your mind. I can't get anybody inside the building to verify this for me. So this is just a hunch. I haven't. Nobody's told me this, even though I've tried. I just like he has barely been on the show for a head coach, and when they when they get shots of him, it's at practice. When he has to be there, obviously, and the team meeting stuff, like you know him wearing the goofy shirt and dancing, that was a team meeting that those get filmed regardless. There's nothing you can do about it. He has not been on the show like independent of that at all, and I just don't think that's a coincidence. I think there has been some very much like, you can do the show, you can't make me be a big part of it. Absolutely not. I just I don't, that's just well, my hunch. You know, they did do the first episode. You know, they kind of talked about him and, and his family. His mom and dad were at the game. And yeah. Stuff like so, they they did that. that a Doesn't little it bit. feel like that's disappeared the last three episodes though? And yeah, I mean. Maybe that's not a coincidence. The first episode had Mike telling Stephen Jones, like, yeah, we're not going to play Zeke this preseason. Let's not do that. Yeah. And then you didn't see anything half that juicy the rest well, of the I way. Well, think, I think what's missing this year that I think has been in so many other seasons of Hard Knocks is 
all the behind the scenes coaches meetings where you do see the head coach. So you right. have coaches talking about this player and that yeah. player, and here's what we want to do. They're talking strategy and that kind of stuff. That missed this season. Like they didn't do any of that. Like that was not a part of it. And that's where I think maybe you miss seeing the head coach that which you would normally see, or when he's sitting down with a player to tell him, "I'm gonna have to cut you," or "I'm gonna have to do that." And maybe that comes up in this next episode. Who knows? I'm not. A, I'm not a, a hard knocks aficionado. I usually like. I usually watch like one episode and mm-hmm. then get and then saw the Big Brother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did like. I remember the year that the Dolphins were on it with Joe Philbin, who's yeah. here. And I remember when the Falcons were on it when Mike Smith was still the coach. Like the whole show felt like it happened in their office, mm-hmm. right? Having right. meetings with people, cutting players, all that, and and it just has not existed yeah. here. Yeah. And I don't think that's a coincidence. No, no, and and you know it's hard to it's hard to beat like the first year the Cowboys did Hard Knocks when you know Jerry Jones is sitting there at the in the training room with Anthony Lucas whose kneecap just fell off for the second straight year and he's calling his mama and you know saying I know it's, I'm sorry mama she's crying everyone's crying and then they go to credits I mean haven't had moments like that and yeah. and so so Mike McCarthy wins because if you ask to if you said all right name hard knocks describe it in one word what would it be access no, well, what would watching the show this year's hard? Oh, 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 what would you? How did you describe it? Human interest. I mean, I would say boring. When I was trying to be nice, but well, yeah. So Mike McCarthy wins. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it's oh. like that's exactly what you want. Every time this month that I've tweeted about the show, period, and I've I've said a couple times I didn't think it was very compelling. Everybody's in my mentions like good. I don't like yeah. we don't want and I, I get it. I don't I'm yeah. not arguing no. with you. Yeah, fans don't want it to be. No, that fans compelling. don't want drama. No. Really NFL films and H not HBO, I mean I mean NFL films has have shown that they've got some toys. I mean they they've got some cool things that they've done. I mean they it's look great. Nick is so Nick's salty about that. No, I'm not. No, I, I think they're stunting on us. I think it's amazing <laughs> like what they've done. I mean I, I, I don't bl- I'm not blaming NFL films or HBO, of course, not HBO just goes there. But NFL Films has done. I mean, we've seen what they they do. They 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 bring a huge crew. They they work really hard, long hours. But I mean, I and by the way, they're very good at what they do. Very good Absolutely at what they do. I'm not. I'm not, not salty at all. All yeah. I'm saying is, is that the content has been lackluster, and I think the Cowboys are a reason for that. You yeah. know, which is fine. Yeah, fine. No, yeah, that's certainly the, great. Yeah, that's certainly the way I look at it. I, I think obviously we've seen HBO at Hard Knocks do a phenomenal job with these things and show you stuff that you had not seen before. And and I'm starting to wonder if it's two things. One, after you've started to see some stuff that's behind the scenes, you got to keep up in the ante. You got to keep showing more and more behind the scenes. And so for a year like this year, where it didn't seem like they were even giving you the stuff they normally give you, it really feels like it's a step backwards yeah. from the standpoint of the content. Right, and I don't. I don't know if I've said this on here. I think I said this some other show, but I do, I do think that you know in the past it was if you get cut from the Cowboys, it's like now I'm going to go back and I'm going to drive a truck or something. But now it's there's 18 roster spots for the practice squad or this list or that list. So if somebody doesn't make it here, they're still going to be here probably and do this. And so it just doesn't seem like it's just as like. This or that, and then it's over. Your career is over. It's like, well, I'll go here, and it just doesn't seem as critical 
maybe that's part of it's yeah. not as gripping which and that's a it's another conversation too where i think you got to remember a lot of times this stuff isn't geared toward football junkies actually a, a good friend of mine who doesn't give a rip about football texted me early wednesday morning and they were like kamara made the team like oh my god and i was like okay yeah, like that's who that's who this is aimed at not yeah. not my audience you know right. not the people who know the school that every practice squad player went to it's for yeah. people who kind of care about it yeah and that'll now be fans of those guys just because they like their story yeah. which is good that, those kind of fans matter too right i've had a lot of yeah. people ask me about isaac like if this guy figures it out man he's going to be a great player and maybe he will be he's, yeah. it, i mean he's still it's an uphill battle for any international is. player cuz you're just not raised playing football you know but he's he's got some size to him yeah. and he I, just the stuff we see just the highlights and he he looks pretty good yeah. i mean i'd like to see one more year with him and then we'll see what happens next year he if they'll if they make him count to the 90 i think he's good enough to be on the 90 man roster next year and then, and then see what happens. with no exemption next year. I think I think he'll he'll be on the roster. Yeah. Did you see uh, the crew? Like they left yesterday, and they left Isaac a little cake yeah, from some that. local bakery. I thought that was cool. Oh, that yeah. is cool. Yeah, cake I bar, like cake. good cake. I want to try the cake. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. That's a wrap for us. We'll be back uh, next Tuesday. Actually, we will have our show uh, leading into the game. We'll tell you guys what we think is going to happen on Thursday when the Cowboys take on the Buccaneers. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!